0: It is hour two of the game. The game after work with Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. Just us two today. The phone number 537-1350. Got a number one song. Going to ask us anything coming up at the uh, end of the show. Meanwhile, uh, DG, scheduled to be here on Wednesdays, is out of town trying to buy a car. And right now is in a grueling back and forth negotiation with a used car salesman. As a matter of fact, DG actually just sent me some audio. This is the reaction of the salesman from DG's last offer. Hell no. DG's lowballing, obviously. (laughs) But that's where you start, right? You got to really lowball him. And then hopefully the salesman's going to meet you in the middle. But
1: he's got to talk to his boss first, right? What is this song? Uh, I believe this is uh, from Living Color. Very repetitive.
0: Yeah, I know. With the funky guitar. (laughs) Not sure how I feel about it. All right. Coming up a little bit later is uh, Troy Coverdale or Iowa State quarterback, Hunter Deckers, the bigger degenerate gambler. Yeah, I think we know the answer to that. But, uh, oh boy. So, more conference realignment. And I said yesterday, I'm just getting sick of this. It's dragging on. And I know the Big 12 is coming out better through all this or whatever, you know, Brett Yarmark's doing what he's got to do to build a strong conference. It's going to make some cash with the media rights deal. It's going to go up to like $42 million school once we get into the no deal starting in 2025. But now, the Big Ten, after sitting idle for a year, is like, maybe we want to get back into the party. The Big 12 can't have all the fun. You know, we previously wanted Oregon and Washington, right? Well, I think they'd still be interested, right? They're seeing the Big 12 throw life life lifeboats, life preservers over at the the Pac-12. And the Big 10 is like, well, first of all, it's life rafts. And we got a lot of money. We can start sharing the wealth, can't we? We're going to make our conference a ridiculous number of 18 to 20 now. So the latest report is that there are now some rumblings in the big 10 with whoever. And um, now I guess there's some folks interested in, first of all, it's, it's in two tiers, primarily interested in Oregon and Washington again. And then the second tier would be, they're also interested in talking about, should they also bring a board Stanford and Cal because so they can officially make themselves the smart conference of the power fives and maybe soon to be power fours because what's you know they already have one school that has a less than interested fan base in its athletics might as well add a couple more to the party so Northwestern isn't so left out every Saturday I've been to a Stanford game, and it wasn't the K-State game. As a matter of fact, it just so happened to be San Diego State. And it was a home opener. It was a season opener. It was like on a Friday night. I was there on a K-State soccer trip. And I went to the game. I took a $30 Uber to Palo Alto. could barely find the stadium because it's wrapped in cedar trees. But I found it. Bought a ticket from a scalper for 10 bucks, And it was a free ticket he sold me, but it was 10 bucks, You know, whatever. And... I ended up going to the second deck, which is perfect view of the field from the second deck. And I'm at the 50 yard line, fifth row, nobody's around yeah. me. Yeah.
1: I was surprised when pulling up for a basketball game at how old and unkept that is. I mean, that the the stadium rivals KU and how bad it's been kept up. But the Big 12 has already made the Pac-12 bleed. Colorado's
0: coming over. Uh, I shouldn't say it was the Big 12 that started the bleeding, really. I mean, it's poor leadership that did that. Meanwhile, the, the wounds starting to gush more and, and really start to gush with UCLA and USC leaving. Well, the Big 12 smelt that blood. And here comes the Brett Your shark <laughs> to come get some schools. No, and no, now no, here's, no. here's the Big 10 taking a shank. And trying to stab the Pac-12 fifteen times in the stomach, and I'm like, "We're." And this is a you know, I, I'm definitely about rivalries, and and obviously a lot of this is being a lot of that's being destroyed with conference realignment. But now it's like we're already at ridiculous numbers for conferences because the Big 12 on the verge to get to 14 and possibly 16. I've seen this latest report from uh, Jason Shear, and he's like. It is a legit opportunity that the Big 12 is actually going to be arranging right now a maximum impact in movement going forward as in the Big 12 announcing Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah at the same time, which we're going to book an interview with somebody from Utah gonna be like, what happened, guys? We, we, We changing our tone a little bit? The things sound all of a sudden not that great? Did BYU win all along? Because you know it was Utah that like threw the middle fingers up in BYU's face when they got the invite to the Pac-12 and not BYU. Boy, tones are changing in the Pac-12 ever since this Apple Plus deal was put on the table. And I'm like, but SEC's going to be at 16. Big 12's going to be at 16. The Big Ten with... UCLA and USC is at 16, and you have the ACC, if you're including Notre Dame for basketball, at 15, with Adam, of course, do the math, at 14. I'm like, can we just be content? Let af- the, the Big Ten's already in a situation where with their, with their deal that, if I have this understood correctly, that you know, Oregon and, and Washington would have to come in on a discount. But, I mean, but if you're Oregon and Washington, like – What are your better options? Well, really, Washington doesn't have another one, unless the Big 12 is still interested. But I'm not sure, really, at this point, where that interest is between the Big 12, Oregon, and Washington. Well, actually, really, vice versa. What is Oregon and Washington's interest in the the Big 12? I'm sure they'd... Rather go to the Big Ten. I mean, there's a lot of money right now in the Big Ten being thrown around with its new TV rights deal. I mean, I think they got warped into the deal. Like, it's right now $10 million more than the SEC. And, but meanwhile, here's the, here's the next twist. And I realize as I freak out more that about where this is going, like, you know, realizing the fact that—and I said in the first hour that— I might be just freaking out for no reason. I might need to save it for a later day because we're not done, and we're not even close to being done, and we're now getting to a a time and place with these media rights deals that they're getting shorter and shorter, and we're going to have no- negotiations more often than we used to. But meanwhile, sitting in a bad spot, and then we're finally hearing somebody talk about it publicly, is the ACC, where they're making peanuts compared to what the Big 12 is going to make here pretty soon and, of course, the SEC and the Big 10. And, you know, the Pac-12's dying. You know, who cares about what they <laughs> what deals they have on the table because it's not going to be anything good and, team, and programs are bouncing anyway. We hear now from Florida State President Rick McCullough. And I'm not sure exactly where these quotes came from, but the first one was, In an existential crisis for Florida State University may be an exaggeration, but an existential crisis. And then continuing on to that, our goal would be to stay in the ACC, but staying in the ACC under the current situation is hard for us to figure out how we remain competitive unless there were a major change in revenue distribution within the conference. And then continue to say, quote, I believe FSU will at some point – have a very seriously consider leaving the ACC unless there is a radical change to the revenue distribution. Well, you know, the ACC isn't due for negotiation for what? Another ballparking here. Is it what? What is it, Troy? 10 years at least?
1: Yeah, 36.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. 10, 12 years or something like that is when your routine negotiations would take place. So now it's Florida State seriously considering, wide out in the open, leaving the ACC. But they're also, I mean, they're Florida State. They have a brand. And I'm, there's no doubt about it, they feel like their brand is not getting what they're due. With this peanuts of what, what is it, like mid-20s when it comes to a million dollars in their TV rights
1: deal. That comment was made at a board of trustees meeting this morning okay by florida or today by florida state's president uh 13 member board of trustees that oversees fsu and then there's another layer on top of that go ahead the florida board of governors has the overall oversight of all the schools in the state so they've got to deal with two layers not even in terms of what they've got to face on the conference level.
0: Yeah, I mean, Florida State at this point and now is very serious when it comes to considering leaving the ACC. And this is just going to snowball. Because when does Miami speak up? I mean, we've, they've already had those talks, right? I don't even remember how this concluded, of half of the conference was like, we deserve to get more money than the other half of the conference. How Correct. did that even result? Did we get anything out of that?
1: Uh, No, uh, other than just discussion about it. And one of the things at play is that the ACC's gain-of-rights agreement, the schools don't even have truly copies for themselves to have on hand. If they want to go look at the gain-of-rights contract with ESPN, they have to go to the ACC office.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're Florida State, if you're Miami, if you're North Carolina, if you're these big brands that are in the ACC and you look at the Big 12 and the Big 12 is about to just dwarf your TV rights money here in a year or two, I, I mean, I would be unhappy too. And if the ACC is taking this as anything, this has got to be a threat. A threat of, give us more money or we could just leave.
1: One of the things that, uh, about it to me that, well, there's a little irony to it, and that it's Florida State who's the one that's making the most noise. They were one of those that was about to be left on the heap when the Big East folded. They're an ACC member of the least renown in terms of how long they've been a member. They, Miami, Pitt. You know, it's that Florida State is the one making that kind of noise. You would you would expect someone else in the conference who's been around a while would be the one that's making the noise.
0: But aren't you like, so if, if you're Florida State and you hear the news earlier today that the Big Ten is now interested in going further with expansion, picking up more Pac-12, expanding to 18 or 20 teams, aren't you thinking, well, now you feel like the SEC has to make a move? Because hmm. this could just mean, well, now that you don't want the SEC to fall further behind than they already are with the Big Ten. And I, again, I don't remember the difference between – the Big Ten and the SEC with their new media rights deals, but I think there is a decent separation between the two. And, I, and again, I don't remember how much that is, but I know the Big Ten is in the 50s when it comes to millions of dollars per year, and I think the SEC is in the 40s. Meanwhile, the Big 12 is close to having $42 million a year per school moving forward with the new media rights deal that starts soon.
1: How would you like to be the SEC and have to navigate the fight between Clemson and South Carolina?
0: Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> I mean, from
1: a management standpoint, that's not going to be pretty. That is not going to be a good one.
0: I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think no matter what, I mean, they're going to play each other every year anyway. True. Even if Clemson was still in the ACC or if they even jumped over to the – I'm just like, though, like at the end of the day, I'm like, how, how big are these conferences going to be in five years?
1: It's the type of bruising that Texas A&M is suffering from with Texas going into the SEC as well.
0: How soon is it until the big twelve is at twenty teams? The ace or the uh, the the SEC is at twenty teams and where it just gets absolutely ridiculous.
1: So we make it three big conferences at twenty teams apiece, and then you figure out a way to split it for basketball.
0: Yeah, but we know that's not I know even
1: close to being fun. I'm we aware of these
0: mega conferences.
1: I'm aware. At that point you're turning it into the NFL and divisions.
0: I'm not interested.
1: Yeah, it's not college football yeah. at that point. Oh, yeah, I mean. It's not college football at that point. I mean, ever since
0: – I mean, Texas and Oklahoma leaving. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I was just thinking, like, to me, yeah, it hasn't felt like college football for – when it comes to conference realignment real the last couple of years, like, we, we knew where this could be going – once Texas and Oklahoma left. And I think it's actually gone a little bit further than what we expected a couple of years ago. And that is because of the way of the exit with UCLA and USC jumping from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And that was a big shock, and I think it's, the big shock was because of ge- geography. Mm-hmm. And you're like, these two L.A. schools are now going to have to play every other week in the Midwest or over towards the East Coast. Like, it just just bogged your mind. Like, that just geographically does not make sense. But, I mean, we should have known for a while now that geography wasn't going to mean much to who's controlling college football. And that's the TV channels. That's the ESPN and the Foxes. And they're not going to care about that. No. I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean, it is L.A. But they don't care about the structure... What, what the map is going to look like at the end of the day, like you don't care about the geography and the rivalries, you
1: just want the markets. They don't care about the travel, they don't care about the stress it puts on the student-athletes, they yeah. don't care about what That's it means to way classes. Better, way better
0: said, way better said than they what I just They don't care
1: said. about the details, they just care about the product. Yeah. That's where it comes down to. Well, stay tuned for tomorrow's show to see what's next in uh, conference realignment. I, I need my soap opera organ music here. And Bum, it was also originally like
0: it was, uh, it, was <laughs> it was reported earlier today, and I can't remember who said it, but like, you know, don't, don't be afraid if you uh, expect a lull when it comes to the Big 12 versus Pac 12 conference realignment and whoever the Big 12 is going to pick up next, because there's a lot going on behind the scenes, and it's pretty hush, hush which I think is actually pretty irritating for a lot of people out there. And I'm just like, call me when it's done, you know? Right. I'm so sick of talking about it day after day after day of, you know, most of it's speculation and then a move is done. And then it's like once the deal is done, like when Colorado came to the Big 12, like you know, it was exciting for, I guess, for 24 hours. But then I'm now like now we're just back to where the speculation has continued to be. And that's. What's Arizona going to do? When are they going to finally jump over? Have they, you know, heard enough from George Klyovkov and they're finally done? You know, I'm just waiting for the next breaking news that somebody's actually jumping. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll play the game that I can't wait to play. Hunter Deckers or Troy Coverdale, who's the biggest degenerate gambler? Coming up next. Now this is up my alley. A little Zeppelin bringing us back. It is the game on K-Man, Mitch Fortner, and Troy Coverdale. Just us two today. All right, here we go. Hunter Ecker's versus Troy Coverdale, the biggest degenerate gambler. Now, Troy, don't take that as an insult because we we know the answer, but Troy is famous because he puts these uh, dollar bets down on these like long
1: parlay bets. Not so much during baseball season have I done that. Have you bet on the Royals lately? Uh, Yes, I did on Sunday afternoon. Thank you. Did you get it? You betcha.
0: How much money did you make in July? Were you up or down?
1: Uh, I wound up up, but predominantly because Justin Gagey won the other night at the UFC fight. Okay. You're betting on UFC. Well, that was because specifically, and I was acting on a tip, but specifically i was betting on justin between the tip and it being my guy from northern colorado okay I, you know there wasn't a lot of great thought behind it for me but yes i put 5 on him that night and walked away with 10 thank you very much congratulations on yes. the victory yes uh, meanwhile
0: not a w for iowa state football because the uh, the rumors true quarterback hunter decker's entering his second year as starter has been accused of betting on events that involve the Cyclones, including he bet on, uh, supposedly, uh, and allegedly, a 2021 football game which was uh, Iowa State hosting Oklahoma State. For Let me comment on that real quick. We don't know exactly what he bet on with that game or if he won the bet or not, but I would not be shocked if he bet on Iowa State to lose uh, that game. Because... Back, I mean, two years ago, Oklahoma State was solid. I mean, mm-hmm. they were a two-loss team that beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, and they lost, um, I mean, they were inches away from winning the Big 12 championship game against Baylor. And I think at this point, I mean, they were still undefeated. I think this was their first loss of the year was the Cowboys going up to Jack Trice Stadium. And, uh, yeah, Matt Campbell and company were able to pull it out at home. I also I mean, you know, Oklahoma State hasn't had exactly the cleanest run in the last decade when it comes to playing games, even further than that. I mean the last 12 years, 13 years of playing up at Jack Trice Stadium and winning ball games when they're a good
1: team. Colby Van Camp and I were discussing that this morning that Oklahoma State has a similar run schedule-wise as what K-State does, seemingly losing a game at some point in the season where you feel like that they shouldn't have.
0: Not going to lie, like when it comes to Big 12 football games in the last 15 years, a really exciting one, like close to the top of the list, was undefeated Oklahoma State Brandon Whedon going up to Ames, Iowa. And I can't remember if what was Iowa State's record at that time, but we're talking this is close to the end of the regular season. And Oklahoma State has a shot at playing for a national championship and they lose in overtime. In, uh, that still, I mean, stands out to me as a pretty incredible game. But anyway, more on Hunter Decker's. So the Alpha David included the criminal complaint that was filed on Monday, Iowa District Court, um, alleges that approximately six uh, make that three hundred and sixty six bets were made by Hunter Decker's, totaling two thousand seven hundred ninety nine dollars. That's an average of seven sixty five, as in seven dollars and sixty five cents per bet. When I saw that number, I was like. You know, when it comes to high profile college football players, and if you put that like with the inflation or whatever, compared to radio hosts, <laughs> you know, Hunter Deckers might be the Troy Coverdale of, of sports betting. Uh, but of course, Hunter was more degenerate than Troy because if you look further into this story, so that all the bets were made on DraftKings. So, Deckers was making a lot of bets under 21. So, there's issue number one. This is wild. Issue number two was that most of the bets were placed, but that he disguised his identity with the help of his parents, Scott and Jamie. Hunter, is that you? No, I'm Jamie. It just didn't work. Nope. He got caught. Man. And the thing is, like, you know, I sports betting in Iowa has been legal since 2019, and he's not the first to try to be like, "Hey, folks, can I, uh, you know, use your I?" You know, I mean, it's not exactly like this. I don't know the whole details, like if he's using a parent's phone or whatever, or like under their name or whatever. But uh, you know, kid wants to make a bet, see if the parents will uh, let you do it, and they're letting him do it. So. Decker's with the charges he has pleaded not guilty, but he is going to, meanwhile, step away from the team. He will not be participating in fall preseason camp practices to, quote, focus on his studies and on the defense of his criminal charge. And let's see here. I had it here earlier and I'm kind of lost my spot here, but he has been charged with a misdemeanor. Um, so now he's dealing with a charge. He'll have to go to court. Meanwhile, now Matt Campbell has to figure out what to do with his quarterbacks, but there's no doubt. Like, I think if I was Matt Campbell, I would have, he had to be ready for this and I would be of course planning for the future. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, we don't know exactly what the future for Hunter Deckers is because now the NCAA has changed up the guidelines and the punishments. Of what to do with case by case infractions with sports betting, because of course with the NCAA it's no longer it's forever not been allowed, but it's no longer as harsh as it used to be. You bet on a sport and you got caught, you're done for the year. Now it's changed. It has to do with cumulative dollar value on the wagers it keeps going up. Well, they'll determine then the punishment by how much you're betting. And if it's greater than $800, you could lose up to 30% of your season eligibility. But here's the deal. Hunter Deckers has been charged with a misdemeanor. He used his parents as a disguise. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, he bet on his own games. At least one. And there is the rub. That could lead to a permanent disqualification of his NCAA eligibility. I don't know if it will. I mean, the NCAA could certainly make a case out of him. What's come out of all this Iowa-slash-Iowa State investigation is that he doesn't actually have the— like, when it comes to how much he bet and how many bets he put down, he doesn't have the worst case of all that. But because he bet on his own game that he was on the roster for, he could be done. His college football career could be done at this point. But we don't know yet. But he's not alone. As a matter of fact, Troy is bringing it up during his game sports updates. There was a wrestler for Iowa State, and his name is Paniro Johnson, taking a guess on that first name. Mm-hmm. But man, he wasn't screwing around with his betting. 1,283 bets worth over 45,000 dollars. His average bet was 35 bucks doesn't say if cuz i mean collegiate wrestling you're probably not able to bet on that but he could have been definitely betting on Iowa State Athletics i would i would guess he did so he could be in some pretty big trouble
1: conference champion NCAA qualifier this past season and a member of the commissioner's honor roll so that solid name yeah, meanwhile, there was an Iowa basketball
0: player who's no longer there. He's now in Nebraska, but he had similar numbers to this wrestler. Uh, there's another uh, player for the football team in Iowa State, Dodge Saucer. He's not going to play, uh, but he's been caught up in this as well. There's been four uh, either current or former student-athletes for Iowa State that have been caught up in this, and there's the other one that's the former. He's now a Denver Bronco, but he's also been charged with a misdemeanor uh, when it comes to this investigation. The in- in- investigation is not done. But well, when it comes to Hunter Deckers, he's done for the foreseeable future. As the investigation still continues and he's dealing with the charge and he's awaiting what's the NCAA going to do with him, because they don't have to wait on his charge to be resolved. They can go ahead and lay the ax out on him if they choose to do so. So the question is still up in the air, but... With these rumors have been around for a long time. Even with Hunter Deckers, Iowa State is not seen as a good football team this year. He was, at best, bottom half of the Big 12 when it comes to projected starting quarterbacks. And now, with the season opener a month away, Northern Iowa's on the, on the schedule, now they're going to have to go with somebody that has virtually no experience or somebody that has zilch when it comes to experience. So you now have, at the least, a pretty uh, competitive comp- quarterback competition in Ames, Iowa for who's going to start game one. Wow. And it's not going to be Hunter Deckers.
1: Putting a wrap on this edition of The Game, National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Pro. Is that the question? Was going to say, what's your go-to Especially on a day like today, where it the air is just hanging and humid. My go to ice cream sandwich. What it what is
0: your go-to treat on a oh. day or cool off method? Oh, I'm a you can ask Lindsay about this. I'm a big popsicle guy, but I'm like it's the ice pops that come in like the individual plastic tubing that you have to cut open. Yeah, and you can I just rip it off with my teeth, you know?
1: Yeah, with the jack that's, links. That's blue method. collar, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Morganville, Mitch opening up a popsicle. That'll never leave. And but it's like the the ones that come in a box of a hundred sometimes or whatever. Uh, I will eat twenty at a time. <laughs> I've learned to kind of slow the pace a little bit. Maybe save some for tomorrow. Sure. But now, like Lindsay's kind of on them, and whenever she gets them, I'm like, well, I gotta eat half the bag now.
1: It has been forever since I've done flavor ice like that.
0: So are you ice cream sandwich? Or are you just like a bowl of ice cream? What do you do?
1: I'm more Klondike bar at this point. And I am a fan of, by the way, the chocolate mint ones.
0: <sighs> I don't do mint.
1: See, and I mint, love chocolate mint. Mint, cho- like ch-
0: mint chocolate chip, I'm just I have no interest. I'm good with mint gum, but no mint desserts. I would not eat a mint dessert for a
1: Klondike bar. Oh, by the way, I've got a Klondike sitting at home for tonight. Ooh,
0: well Troy's got his night figured out. Ha! I'm heading to Wamigo. For Troy, I'm Mitch. We're back for we'll see for a full two. It depends on if the Royals want to have a game or not. As in A game that takes over three hours. Go Cats.